Welcome to the Financial Services Horizon series. Today I have Brett King with me to discuss uh, the latest trends around the regulations and risk in financial services industry. Welcome to the series, Brett. Thanks for having me. So Brett, while starting on the regulation side, if I look at the way regulations have evolved over a period of time, right from uh, you know savings and loan crisis, in 1980s with Basel one talking only about credit risk over a period of time where the whole shift is there towards the conduct risk data privacy and now with open banking virtual assets coming in where are we heading well I guess on a basic level the function of regulators in the past has been to advise lawmakers so that they can you know, help with policy. Um, there's been monetary policy to sort of control inflation and so forth, which we've seen them um, you know, obviously enacting uh, in recent times. Um, and then there's the supervisory function to ensure um, both uh, fairness in terms of financial services and managing systemic risk. So that, that's historically. But most of those functions that we're talking about are heavily impacted by technology, which is why we have issues around cybersecurity and, and fraud and so forth emerging today, and will be even more impacted by things like climate change and artificial intelligence in the future. What this essentially means is that the regulatory function that we're used to is going to be very different in 20 or 30 years from the way it is today or has been in the past laws are going to be codified into code, right? You know, going to be artificial intelligence, essentially. The competency technically for regulation is going to have to go through the roof. Um, it, essentially, regulation will be technology infrastructure in the future. And the supervisory function will be a code-based function, not the way we think about it today, like examiners going and, you know, with a highlighter going through suspicious transaction reports and things like that. So if I, if I just ex expand it further, uh, what you are seeing is uh, the whole move around open banking regulations, fintech regulations, virtual assets. Then what we also see is in this part of the world, regulations around digital banking. Now they are coming from different sides. There needs to be some convergence around it. And that convergence using technology, whether it happens through red tech world or the sub tech world. What do you see the future lies? Well, just even on something simple like money laundering um, regulation, we are woefully bad at regulating money laundering globally. And I know um, this region, as well as the US and London, gets a lot of grief for money laundering. Um, but we stop, we're successful at stopping about 1% of money laundering globally. And this is after the fact that we spend billions of dollars a year on reporting requirements and compliance around AML. Uh, we're just not very good at it under the current regulatory infrastructure. So the way to solve this is treat AML like a cybersecurity problem. Look at the network, look at the suspicious actors, identify them by their behaviors and restrict access to the network. But this requires a completely different view of regulation. It requires open data sharing, particularly on the transactional uh, data side. It requires um, regula shared regulatory infrastructure across the region. All of this we're a long way from getting in, in terms of sort of the regulatory posture right now. 
when you look at open data and open banking and those issues, the ability to provide financial inclusion and really have financial services that are, are positive and helpful for um, the lives of citizens financially. Again, this requires us to not think about um, you know, regulation in the old terms of budgeting and financial education and financial literacy and start building these tools around these, these uh, data sets. But this is complicated because of data privacy and all of these other issues that come into it as well. Isn't that inherent contradiction when we talk about open data on one side and data protection on the other side? Uh, so that's one. The other is, are you talking about uh, something like supranational regulator for uh, this region? So uh, I think um, whether it is financial services regulation or something um, more impactful to society broadly, like AI regulation, it is going to have to be supranational. Um, we are going to have to decide on ethical codes of conduct, for example, for AI, and that needs to be agreed on a global basis, um, not just gender bias and uh, you know extending inequality and those sort of things, but really tackling some of the, the issues of formative AI development. In respect to, um, you know, sort of the tactical side of it, one of the things that emerges when you start coding society, digital assets, smart contracts, and those sort of things, is you realize that not all data is made equal. So the, the big push we've seen in Europe for the GDPR and so forth, one of the things we've realized is that data can be a great leverage for you know, building economies. So if you have too much protection, too much emphasis on privacy, then you're not getting the leverage of that data. And part of this is a generational shift as well. You know, my children just don't care about privacy in the way that regulators do today, as an example. Uh, they're going to be quite happy to trade their data, their personal data, behavioral data, and so forth, for ad additional benefits in society that's applicable to them. But there's some data that we should hold sacred, you know, things like IP that you own, um, you know, which we see is really being messed with in areas like AI-generated art and so forth right now, whereas, you know, it's, it's really blurring the lines in terms of the way we think about that or, or something things like our medical data our children's dna there are elements of that that need to be shared from an aggregate perspective so that we can make advances but in you don't science. care that you know whether i'm buying burger from mcdonald's or exactly. burger king so exactly. that data it doesn't can matter still be right? shared. the transactional level data and that sort of stuff it doesn't need to mm -hmm. be private it doesn't need to have a lot of regulatory uh, thinking put behind it because that's where the value uh, the new arbitrage the new intermediaries of the data system and slightly moving from regulation uh to how the risks are managed, and I'm moving more towards the regulatory side now. Now, the way we have seen uh, in the banking world is that uh, while the businesses, the front office, product guys, they are doing continuous innovation. Now, where we are hitting a roadblock is the way those risks are managed. Where do you see uh, the future of the risk management function? A great example is looking at the US market with they've got tons of regulation they've got over 70 regulators in the U u.s market and the regulators there have taken a very risk adverse 
um, you know, uh, approach to things like crypto, to fintech and so forth. That has now put the US significantly behind regions like China, the EU, even Singapore, Australia and, and other markets that have been more progressive in terms of regulatory uh, um, advancement and, and regulatory thinking. And, and to say now that the US is a decade behind China on, on regulatory thinking in respect to payments and um, you know, digital identity and things like that is quite shocking if you're an American in that system. You think of America as the most advanced economy in the world. But that's a great illustration of how regulation, if it's not progressive enough, um, has serious you know, economic effects down the line. The, the problem is that regulators, in terms of their posture, aren't innovators naturally. They're there to look at risk emerging in the system and assess that risk and then put in place protections. But all of the regulation that we're talking about requires innovation in terms of technology and so forth. So this is at the heart where the culture of regulators need to change. They need to become innovative organizations. And instead of thinking about regulation as legal infrastructure to reduce systemic risk, we really now need to start thinking about regulation as core technology infrastructure to help the economy advance. So if I uh, you know, look at what are the three mantras that any uh, financial institution need to adopt if they want to go faster on the path to innovation, what are going to be those three mantras on the risks and regulation side? Well, uh, the first is an obvious one, digital first from top down. So the board, the exco, the CEO, all need to be digital first supporters or proponents. If you have um, issues with, with digital transformation in terms of resistance in the organization, that is always going to result in um, you know, your bottom line slipping. So um, being more aggressive, having that DNA at the heart um, of, of the, the business. Uh, in terms of the regulatory side of things, the big difference between fintechs and banks is that fintechs treat uh, regulation as negotiable. Whereas banks have an entire infrastructure, compliance, legal risk, to ensure that we never step on the toes of the regulators. Right? We never go outside of what the regulators given us permission to do. That's one strategic advantage that fintechs have over regulators is they will push the boundary on things that need to be where the boundaries need to be pushed. You know, for example, um, n no banks were pioneers in terms of removing wet signatures for digital onboarding. Fintechs really led and wallets led that uh, effort on a global basis. Um, there's a very real question as to whether we'd still have wet signatures as a requirement for opening a bank account in most regions if it wasn't for, for fintechs. So that's, that's the second piece. And I guess the third piece is understanding that um, this requires a completely different view of technology. In the past, we've talked about things like a core system and whether the core system needs to be real time. You never hear a fintech talk about their core system. And so you need to develop much more agility in terms of the tech stack if you're going to have that flexibility in terms of response to regulatory uh, uh, positions, uh, open banking, platformification and, and those sorts of things, which means you need to start thinking about the tech stack 
versus the way you think about uh, the technology today. Brett, uh, thank you very much for your time. And uh, some of the key learnings that we are taking into the future is that agility, your ability to adopt technology, uh, digital first. So these are some of the mantras that not only banks, but the regulators, they need to adopt uh, faster Absolutely. in order to uh, meet the challenges of the future world. Thank you Absolutely. much, very much.